how to handle coastal erosion. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The controversial pesticides, known as neonicotinoids, have been found in tap water in two systems in Iowa. USGS and the University of Iowa conducted a study and found only trace amounts, but it's the first time that they've been detected after water's been treated for drinking. Scientists are not certain of the effects of neonics on humans, but research has shown they are linked to declining bee populations. And there's other concerning news about pesticides. Environmental groups have sued the Trump administration over its support of a compound known as chlorpyrifos. The Obama administration had recommended a ban on the pesticide, which is used on many crops, including corn, broccoli, and strawberries. But Scott Pruitt, now EPA administrator, ignored conclusions by experts in his own agency and reversed the ban. Pruitt said that the EPA is returning to use of what he called sound science in decision-making. In stark contrast to Pruitt, Paul Towers with the Pesticide Action Network said, we know this pesticide can have a profound impact on children's brain architecture and their lifelong learning. Now that Neil Gorsuch has been confirmed as the next Supreme Court justice, many water protectors and environmentalists are worried about how he will decide cases involving pollution. Gorsuch, who has lived in Boulder, Colorado, skis and fishes, so one might think he would be concerned about environmental issues. But that may not be accurate. In prior rulings, Gorsuch has indicated that in some cases, organizations like the Sierra Club will likely find it more difficult to get into to court. In a case in which a group of fishermen and hunters sued the Forest Service for allowing motorcycles on trails, Gorsuch ruled that they would not be injured and therefore could not sue. But Gorsuch did rule in favor of people who had sued Dow Chemical and Rockwell over damages suffered from a former nuclear weapons plant near Denver. He voted to uphold a verdict of almost $1 billion against the companies. One of the major concerns is that Gorsuch will not defer to federal agencies like the EPA when it interprets environmental laws. Gorsuch has shown that he's not a big fan of allowing agencies to interpret laws passed by Congress. While the jury may still be out on Gorsuch's commitment to the environment, it is predictable that environmental and green groups will themselves find it harder to get in front of a jury. If we continue to add more carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, it's possible that life on Earth will have to adapt to levels of extreme heat that humans have never experienced. That's according to a new study by scientists at Southampton University. They found that humans' use of fossil fuels is warming the planet at a rate higher than expected. While some of the disastrous effects may not occur for a couple hundred years, there's concern that we may have passed the tipping point where there's not much that can be done. Science World Report notes that since 1960, there had been an incredible 30% growth of CO2 in the atmosphere. And by the middle of this century, the new report says, if our fossil fuels go unabated, then we'll witness levels of carbon in the atmosphere not seen since about 50 million years ago. The problem is that if warming continues, there's no way to predict how the planet will react 
Geologic evidence for the past 500 million years gives us no clues. And if that's not enough to freak you out, another study published last week theorized that the Arctic Ocean is changing fundamentally. The study published in the journal Science shows that the declining sea ice in the north is due to warming waters in addition to air temperature rise. The scientists say that the Arctic Ocean is becoming more like the Atlantic, in which warm waters are on the top rather than the bottom. Bottom. Climate Central notes that sea ice during the Arctic summers could be a thing of the past. And you may have felt that spring is arriving earlier. That's the sense, too, in Japan, where warmer weather is affecting a cultural icon, cherry blossoms. The date the cherry trees bloom has been tracked for over 1,200 years, according to The Economist, and there's a disturbing trend. Records show that almost 200 years ago, the cherry trees would spring to life on about April 18th. But more recently, that date has been around April 7th. When cherry trees flower is determined by temperatures in February and March, and scientists say that warmer weather then is causing the early bloom. And finally, in 1717, King George I of England was slipping in the polls and he realized he needed to do something bigly to win back support. His answer? He planned a massive party on the River Thames and invited everybody. But no PR party is complete without memorable music, so the king tapped George Frederick Handel to compose the score and the result was the famous water music we know today. It worked. The public swarmed the river and its banks to take in the performance. Fast forward almost exactly 300 years to New Orleans and the communications strategy is getting a modern reboot. On Saturday, composer Yotam Haber debuted his New Water Music, an elaborate performance involving the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra, hundreds of community musicians, as well as boats, barges, and buoys. The message to raise awareness about Louisiana's receding wetlands, coastal erosion, and changing lifestyles for fishermen. Louisiana loses 16 square miles of land a year, the fastest rate of loss in the world. Thousands fill the Lake Pontchartrain shoreline to hear the performance, enjoy fish fry, and get important information about coastal issues. Haber appeared wearing a flowing cape, held aloft by two assistants dressed as people, and conducted from a barge decorated with seashells and beads. Members of the orchestra were arranged on boats by section, percussion, woodwinds, brass, and so on, while other musicians were on shore and played in ship-to-shore call-and-response. As the music flowed more than a dozen shrimp and oyster boats moved in patterns and dipped and raised their nets in a water ballet. Because of the massive distances between musicians, Haber conducted using naval flags and occasionally Morse code. The choreography was so complex, it required coordination with the U.S. Coast Guard and the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. But the goal stayed simple, to create a swell of support for protecting coastlines and buoy the livelihoods that depend on healthy ecosystems. And we can handle that. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Build a better world through better water at AWWA's ACE 17 in Philadelphia, June 11th through 14th. Learn more at awwa.org slash ACE 17.